now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, huge fan. Love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. The X at 105.9. Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden today. Joined now on the phone by Mike Rupp, the NHL Network analyst, AT&T Sportsnet analyst, former Penguin. What else you got on your resume there, Rupper? <laughs> That's enough. That's enough for me right now. That'll do it. Let's talk about a little... Uh... A little bit of news, first of all, that's outside the Penguins. I'm sure you saw the word that the New York Islanders are actually going to become Islanders again. Uh, they're going to be building a new arena on actual Long Island out at Belmont Park. Uh, how much does that mean, Rupper, for the sport? A franchise, the last one to go three, by the way, in a row with Stanley Cups, uh, that's won four Cups like that, You know, to just be stabilized. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, and, and that's what this has kind of plagued this organization dating all the way back to man i i was originally drafted by them in 98 (laughs) and just prior to that was screaming instability so Mm -hmm. um it's been a long time coming for this organization for the fans all of long island and just to have that thing in place for their sake hopefully you can snowball the effect with John Tavares and all those other things just to create the stability once again. Yeah, that's the one thing I think that, you know, they were in Pittsburgh recently. The, the Penguins did beat them in overtime, but, man, are they impressive. I mean, there's some good young hockey players, a lot of speed. Reminds me a little bit of the Islanders that used to give the Penguins fits, the, the real fast ones when they had everybody. Yeah, the, the one thing that's lacking with this team, though, is um, it's still the goaltending, and uh, they don't overly defend well but they can put the puck in the net and that's something that they haven't been able to do outside of 91 john tavares over the last number of years and they're getting some uh, production and uh they're, they're having a lot of guys pull the rope and they're they're a fun team to watch they can score goals in bunches they're the leading uh goal getters in the in the national hockey league but Man, they got to find a way to keep the puck out of their net because sometimes you can't get in those shootouts. And uh, um, and I'm not talking the the post regulation shootouts. I know, shootout I know what you meant. Trying to win six five, it's not gonna not gonna bode well for you come uh, springtime. And and further before we get to the Penguins, I have to bring up because it's the most amazing story in the National Hockey League that as of last night, the Vegas Golden Knights are the number one team in the Western Conference. They're twenty two nine and two. 14 and 1 at home. Uh, Rupper, how did this happen? I mean, how did George McPhee, in particular, and not to take any credit away from Gerard Gallant or the players themselves, because they've obviously gotten it done, but George McPhee clearly had to have a vision here, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And uh, this team, there's, there's a handful of teams. I, mean, I, I just enjoy, and I'm sure all the listeners do as well, just just watching NHL hockey and mm-hmm. there's a there's a handful of teams that when they're on and I'm available I'm watching them and uh, Vegas Golden Knights are one of them uh, they they just play this way they can score goals they're one of the um, leading uh, goal scoring teams in the National Hockey League and they they are tenacious and they're fun they're fast they play I feel like they just play the game the way it should be played, mm. and they're they're all over the ice making plays happen. They, the only way you're going to beat them is if you can sustain their uh, or withstand, I should say, their their pressure. And not many teams can, but they, I think that's the main thing that they put in place with George McPhee is the skating ability. Yeah, that's the new NHL. That's what everybody has. But this t- 
team has this chip on their shoulder, and you could chalk it up to a bunch of different things. All the cliches we've been hearing all year about guys kind of being uh, the leftover pieces mm-hmm. to organizations, they're expendable. Yeah. I don't know if it's that or guys playing for contracts or pending UFAs, but they're they're tough, man. They're they're really tough to play against, and, and while I was watching that game last night against Tampa Bay, and man, they've been consistently beating the top teams in the National Hockey League. Even if this team goes 500 the rest of the way, I think they finish around 95, 96 points. I think they're going to be in. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. I don't think many did. No, there's no question about that. I guess this time of year we could refer to them as the Island of Misfit Toys. You know what I mean? All these guys, (laughs) these guys who scored 20 and 30 goals, James Neal, Jonathan Marcheseau playing for other teams, uh, and now, now they they all get stuck in one place. You know what I mean? It's like help yeah, us off exactly. of this thing, and they've they've gotten it done to their credit. On that note, you mentioned the Lightning. Is there a team? I know they lost last night, but they also had an eight game winning streak before that, and they've just dominated the league. Otherwise, I know it's clear right now that they're the class of the Eastern Conference. But are they getting to the point where maybe they're starting to get a little scary? Um, you're saying other teams be. Be uh, intimidated by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't. I don't know if it's if they would. I don't know about that. It's it's a pretty tough Eastern Conference and tight. But at the same time, I just mean like starting to get scary from like how good they can be. Yeah. No. They. I mean, they've got every piece in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at it, they've got from from the outshoot this year the two leading point getters, pretty much in the National Hockey League, and and Kucherov and Stamkos. Um, they've got a, a Norris Trophy finalist and one that I think will be continuing to be a finalist for years to come, mm-hmm. and Victor Hedman. They look like they completely won already this Sergachev trade with Jonathan Druin. Oh, my. Uh, yes. Vasilevsky hasn't missed a beat taking over the top spot. I think he'll be up for a Vesna. Um, then you chalk up the uh, the youth movement that they have. I mean, the, the Braden Point, the Yanni Gord. These guys are legit. Yeah. And the projection that Steve Eiserman's had to – let go a Jonathan Duran and know that these guys are ready to go and take that next step. And then you also throw in, all right, well, what about, you know, we talk about the youth and, and all that, but what about adding uh, Dan Girardi and, and Chris Kunitz? Um, man, this team has a blend of everything. So, yeah, I do. I think that they're a scary team. I don't really see them backing off. I think they could beat you in multiple ways. I don't even think we've gotten to the point where they've had to do that yet. No, and, and so, Eiserman uh, still has more left. I think every team has to deal with some adversity, and uh, I'm sure they will at some point, mm-hmm. but they look pretty uh, unbeatable right now. Yeah, that's part of what makes them scary is that you know that Eiserman still has uh, money left in the bank. Uh, he still has moves that he can make. The other part is, you know, they didn't wear themselves out for two months this past summer. You know? No, that, that's the silver lining mm-hmm. to it all. Exactly. Is, is, is They got that time off. They got healthy. And if anything... Since their cup run against the Chicago Blackhawks, um, that hunger's back, and uh, that that that's all leading to be the no pun intended the perfect storm for this Lightning team, and uh, it's looking good so far. Mike Rupp of NHL Network and AT and T Sportsnet is my guest. Rupper, the Penguins, of course, acquired Jamie Alexia yesterday uh, from the Dallas Stars. He practiced today on the second pairing, which is a pretty powerful indication that they didn't get him to sit in the press box. Uh, obviously, he's a giant dude at six seven, two five five on the listing. But what can he bring? Uh, what can he bring beyond the size? Yeah, you know, and it's really interesting. And I give 
Jim Rutherford a lot of credit, and he certainly has pushed the right buttons over the last number of years, but he has this level of patience that you have to have as a general manager in this league, and I think the exhibit A would be the goaltending situation last year. And not being too, uh, not making knee-jerk reactions, and uh, we all know how, how the goaltending paid off in the first couple rounds last year to have mm-hmm. both Flurry and Murray, right. and um, everyone's talking about, hey, this team has to do something. They need that center ice step. They need this. They need that. And maybe the flatness of this team, but hey, don't make any major changes. It's still early. Um, I'm not saying nothing major is not coming down the pipeline, but let's tweak things a little bit. And I think when you add Alexiak and uh, you, you add pieces like that, I think the one thing this team has lost is just a little bit of the tenacity. And, and I'll go back to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep, perfect. I was that, hoping you'd say that. Yep. That, that <laughs> you know, I'm watching that game last night, and the first thing that pops in my head is the Penguins used to forecheck like this. The Penguins used to be quick on pucks and turning pucks over. And that's how they capitalize. And they have a much deeper talent pool than the Golden Knights. But somewhere along the way, whether, you, you know, I, you, no one wants to make excuses as if it's the, the two Stanley Cup runs, um, whatever it is, they lost that edge. So now you inject this new guy in here, you put him in a role where he can succeed, and it's a wake-up call. Because if I'm in that locker room, I'm thinking to myself, hey, they're looking for something, and they're they're going to try to find it in any way they can. So you try to push those buttons and see if maybe a move like this can in-house uh, just get that edge back for the players. Yeah, that edge is, uh, you know, I mean, you, you've been there where you're trying to come back off of a long playoff run, and we see right now, you know, in bits and spurts uh, where – you know, Sidney Crosby will look like himself. Evgeny Malkin will look like himself, but neither of them on a consistent basis. You know what I mean? And and there's going to be people who look at that and go, "Wow, they don't really care. They're not." Wow, and nothing could be further from the truth, right? No, I, nothing could be further from the truth. I, and I'm not worried. See, the the thing for me is, and and I, I'm not giving those big dogs a free pass, um, but you know you're going to get that from them, and they've still been good. So, uh, but the difference for this team over the last number of years has been the supporting cast yep. and the ability to force the other team to make mistakes and to hound on pucks and to wear on teams. And we saw, we've seen that through Connor Sherry. We've seen it through Jake Gensel. We've seen it through Carl Hagelin in the past. I mean, you can go up and down that lineup and, and even the defense over the last two years that has always been the big question mark with this team has never really been that, a question mark. So those guys, the tenacity, the edge that I'm talking about from the supporting cast, I think is a little bit what's lacking. That's not putting the blame on all of them, but that just more speaks to the success that those guys have helped make with this team. And, and that they're right now they just don't have that edge. And if, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm using the word edge, tune in to... Uh, the next, the next Vegas game, and you'll see it. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what you know. I'm going to date myself on this one, but that Vegas team reminds me of the the early Florida Panthers. Remember in the '90s? Yeah, where they were just and, and they ended up beating you know some great Pittsburgh teams, including the one in the Eastern Conference Final, because they were just constantly just in your face. You know, no matter what you did. Now the these, the Vegas team obviously has more talent, but. I think the comparison stands there. You know, Rupert, the last thing I have for you, 
Ian Cole is probably going to get scratched again tomorrow. He was on a mythical fourth pairing today in practice with Sergei Gonchar, which, is, as I've noted a couple of times on this show, would have been awesome for him about 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not right now. Um, what, you know, what are we, what am I missing in Cole's game here that, that Mike Sullivan might not like? I don't know. It's kind of tough. And, and I haven't, you know, spoken to, to Coach Sullivan or, mm-hmm. or, or really, we haven't gotten too much in what I've seen and, um, from his, his comments. And, and maybe it's a, a pushing of the buttons. I mean, mm-hmm. Ian Cole's been nothing but heart and soul since he's arrived in Pittsburgh. And, He's really surprised me, and um, if you know that that trade, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, that was Robert Bertuzzo going to to, uh, to St. Louis. Louis, straight up. And, yes, yeah, and I remember when the trade happened at that time, and I played against Ian Cole a long time. I thought to myself, I don't like this trade for the Penguins. I was like Robert Bertuzzo, <laughs> and I I know. Uh, you know, he has some ups and downs to his game, but he's big. He plays hard. He has a little bit of a presence back there. Mm-hmm. But he's, Ian Cole's proven me wrong, in my, and, and he's been fantastic. And uh, I think he's really kind of been an overachiever, if you will, in Pittsburgh. So maybe he's trying to get that back in, in his game, but also there's no better way to get a message across to the team than to either send a message via superstar or heart and soul guy and, and you know, maybe that's a little bit of that, too. I don't know. I, I haven't seen his game be really bad, where I can be like, this guy just simply isn't performing. Um, he's maybe hasn't been the Ian Cole that we've seen the last couple of years, but it hasn't been horrible. No. So we'll have to see how the team responds, how how he responds, and uh, see if it's something that can kind of give him a spark. I think that's what they're looking for. Mike Rupp, NHL analyst for AT&T Sportsnet and NHL Network. Thanks so much for your time, Rupper. I'll see you at the ring. All right. Anytime, DK. Have a good one. Thank you. That segment is always sponsored by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. When we come back, we're going to take some more of your calls at 412-333-9939. And at the top of the hour, we're going to get in touch with Matt Geitka from DKPittsburghSports.com to talk about this wonderful story that he'd been working on for months that's sitting at the top of our site about Ryan Malone at age 38 trying to make the U.S. Olympic team again. An amazing story in more ways than one. Filling in for Mark Madden, I'm Dan Kovacevic, and you're listening to 105.9 The X.